Alrighty, friends and radio neighbors all around the great wide world, it's time once again for yet another hot summer nights in my radio episode of VA Radio, Kevin. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Hot summer nights in my radio. That's, uh, I mean, if you're going to have <laughs> hot summer nights, it's a good place to have them. That's right. Summer has come on with a vengeance lately out here. Yeah, yeah. I'm your host, Kevin Osti, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball-Clark, who's, uh, who's hot, apparently. Yeah, well, not all of us have air conditioning in our garage, Kevin. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have you know that um, you are correct. I am very fortunate <laughs> that I do have a window shaker air conditioner in my garage. But shortly before this broadcast, as I was wrestling with my internal guilt on whether or not I was actually going to fire this thing up. Uh, right? I did a little research and found out that uh, the cost to run this air conditioner in my garage window for a 24-hour period is $1.28. So then I said, crank it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's on all the time. And, uh, right, right, right. you know, as we're recording this, it's the very beginning of July. And, yeah, it's starting to heat up around here, too. And, and we've been fortunate to not have to run the AC in the house, um, you know, because, you know, I'm the guy that's always turning the thermostats up and right. not, not running it as long as I can. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, in this case, it was a little bit sticky in the garage today, so. I splurged. Good man. As you should. Yeah. You got to treat yourself every so often. Right. Well, it was just for this. Perfect. Yeah. All for you, listeners. All for you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I'm sending some virtual cool your way. (laughs) Because Lord knows I don't have any other actual cool. (laughs) (laughs) I have no actual cool. So we traditionally uh, start this podcast off uh, with some kind of a trivia question, because this is an automotive show, even though we're talking about air conditioners. Um, <laughs> did, did you happen to prepare an automotive trivia question? I've, I've got I, one. I, I did prepare some kind of automotive trivia question, and I'll leave it to you to decide whether what hmm. kind of question that is. All right. Kevin, you, uh, you no doubt have seen the, uh, the rise of alternative fuel vehicles. Heck, I see Tesla's every day on the road mm-hmm. and uh it's just gonna be getting more and more but uh the original alternative fuel vehicle was the steam car mm. yes uh made uh, quite a splash no pun intended ah. in the states ah, hey ah. um but what year was the last production year for a steam car Wow. And I'm going to tell you what, because this is such a suck hole question, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a um, a 10-year buffer on this. Oh, right on. Yeah. Well, this uh, I'm certainly not Jay Leno, so I have no idea what this one is. I'm going to make a guess, I think. And I'm going to say that uh, steam power probably started to diminish as the widely... The, the availability of gasoline probably became more uh, prevalent across the United States. You know, steam, if you had wood and water, you know, you were there. Right. Um, and not everybody had that. So thinking back, you know, to the the Rockefellers of the world and you know, and, and uh, the Henry Fords of the world and, and all that kind of jazz, 
I'm going to say Steam was probably petering out around 1914. 1914. That's my guess. Kevin says... 1914. Okay. Yeah. All right. Duly noted, sir. You know, there's a good uh, good kind of side tangent along that one. Let's have it. Did you ever read the, the theory that uh, prohibition was enacted not to stop people from drinking alcohol? Did you I did that? not hear that. Henry Ford um, wanted people to be self-sufficient. He wanted farmers to be able to grow their own crops and feed themselves and okay. also fuel their own vehicles. All right? right. So sure. Henry was a big proponent for running vehicles on alcohol. And All the... Right. Uh, gasoline manufacturers and oil companies didn't like this. I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, right. So there's there's a lot of of, uh, of historic data that says um, a lot of the people that pushed for prohibition uh, were the oil companies. Wow. Because if you read the law, it says nothing about the consumption of alcohol. It says the transportation of alcohol. Oh. Uh, and of course, right. the All right. you, you know there was the whole kind of puritanical movement, and and the people that you know were saying that our society was uh, you know coming apart because of the taverns and the booze and all the rest right. of it. But, but I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. I'm going to have to read up on that. Yeah, right, right. Huh. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a trivia question right back at you. This one, eh, it could suck. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to leave it kind of broad, but we'll get right to the point. Okay. So what does the, what does the Chevrolet advance design refer to? Chevrolet advanced design. Yes. There's a term, it's called advanced design, and it refers to something in the world of Chevrolet. That was pretty popular. What was it? Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> a good 15-second growl on that one. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I'm going to say the advanced design um, Allowed. It's, not, it's, it's not dual band AM, by the way. Well, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever want to hear about that again. Quadrature <laughs> amplitude modulation, my foot. <laughs> I I started I was reading up about that again, just cursing you out. I bet. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what he's talking about, you gotta to listen to the previous episode because yeah, the trivia yeah, question yeah. was one that he knew and then but not at the right time. Exactly. I knew it 30 years ago, not today, yeah. not last week. Um, I'm going to say Chevrolet Advanced Design is what allowed cars to be have a, um, no, no B-pillar ah. in it. So a pillarless design. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, you know. Could be right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You keep uh, telling yourself that, Bob. I, I've noted <laughs> your uh, your response. 
allowed cars to have no B pillar, a pillarless design, if you will. So to speak, yes, yes. Well, and that kind of goes along with uh, the Chrysler uh, forward look, right? That was their thing in the 50s where everything everything was kind of slanted forward. Right. Yeah. And they had that cab forward design as well, uh, Chrysler did. Right. I think in the 90s? In the 90s, yes. Yeah. That was some weird stuff. Oh yeah, a lot of, <laughs> lot of lot of lot of neat terms, a lot of neat marketing terms. Yes, this car looks like an egg. You mean it's cab yeah. forward? It's cab forward. Yes, sir. Yeah, I don't know who puts the cab in the back. Is the <laughs> yeah right? Jeez. <laughs> 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 oh, <sighs> All right. Maybe well, Chevrolet did with their advanced design. They might. Hey. Have. We will soon find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, what else okay. is happening over there? Oh, gosh. Um, what else is happening over here? I tell you what, man, from an automotive standpoint, not a whole lot, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, uh, every day has been an adventure at the V8 Speed Resto Shop, for sure. Uh, we've been very fortunate to finish up a whole bunch of cars and send them home, and we've got some new ones coming in and uh, some pretty neat projects. Uh, one that we were... Uh, very happy to finally wrap up is that uh, 1946 Ford Tudor. I was just looking at that. That yeah. was a, a neat project, neat looking car. Yeah, and it, it really kind of, um, you know, it started off just the, the, the customer brought us this car and it was a halfway done street rod already. It was a mm-hmm. 46 Ford Tudor, which means it's a, a two door, um, but it's got a back seat and kind of the, the big rounded torpedo back sort of uh, before the you know the major streamlining hit mm-hmm. and it was uh, on a uh, mustang two front end chassis and it has a, a small block chevy kind of your typical recipe for street rod you know right chevy 350 with a turbo 350 mm-hmm. um and and he was fine with that you know he, he just wants to drive this thing around and and enjoy it and uh, it ran good so we ended up not really messing with that at all but um it came in black and it had been repainted a few times and it was lacquer checking and coming apart okay. everywhere. So we ended up stripping the car and, uh, uh doing a, a decent amount of metal work. Uh, we, we basically remade the rear fenders. Wow. Uh, yeah. And <clears throat> the trunk floor in the back and the rear pan, um, some of the running board mounts, parts of the running boards themselves, uh, part of the floor. And, and meanwhile, uh, we had, uh, the trim, most of it was restored. We had a lot of replating done and polishing and stuff. Uh, and then, of course, did all the body work and, and our team sprayed it. Uh, Jeff, our painter, sprayed it. Uh, it's a Mercedes color. It's a, a metallic charcoal gray, which completely transformed that car. Uh, did it? Just the color. Yeah, because black, you know, it, it, never mind the fact that it was a worn out paint job. But black right. didn't do anything for the lines of the car. Mm. And it's okay. got big curved fenders and, and, you know, a big rolling roof line and, and a lot of roundness everywhere. Sure. And that uh, metallic charcoal really catches the light the right way and everything becomes, mm-hmm. you know, three-dimensional. And, and it was really neat. And the trim went back on it, uh, you know, all polished up and straightened out and, you know, re-chromed and everything. And it... Uh, it was a stunner. And, and the, 
The only thing that's a bummer about that car is none of this really translates that well in photographs. <laughs> oh, dang it. I took a ton of shots of this car and it's like, it. you look at your image and you look through your eyes and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I see more. Well, the the pictures look really great as they are, so I can I can only imagine how great it looks in person. Yeah, it really came out nice, and I suppose if we had more studio time to do, you know, a proper photo shoot in a in a psych studio with a flying mm-hmm. softbox and the whole thing, we we could have made it jump more. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we kind of talked about before, as soon as these things are finished, you know, they need to go because the owner right. wants the car. the uh, The fun thing was that. Uh, this was another distance customer and he'd, he'd never been to the shop before. And I have met him many times in person, but he just lives too far away. And we sent the car home and we got a text from him afterwards saying how the car looks far better in person than the pictures that we had sent him. Oh, so I so that, that effect actually helped, you know, because when he finally saw the car in person, he was like, wow, this is a lot nicer than I was expecting. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> so really great. It was great. It was great. Super nice guy. Uh, just, just great people to deal with. And, and, uh, he had kept us kind of charged up along the way because he was sharing the photographs with his buddies and they were all following along and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody was excited about it. So that was, it was a, it was a total win. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to take a sec to thank our team for, for being persistent and, um, and staying, you know, keeping the quality level up the whole time, you know, cause uh, as you know, as projects go on, whatever circumstances are happening, our mission is to keep that quality standard all the way through. And sure. that's what these guys did. So we worked with our, uh, we have a local partner shop uh, called auto designs by Sebastian that, that custom stitched the interior and did the headliner. Perfect. And, uh, uh, Matt Sebastian and his team did a great job over there too. So it was a nice collaboration, uh, which we've done many times. And, uh, so the owner of the car actually worked directly with the interior shop to make those decisions and, and figure that stuff out. So it was cool. It worked out well. It's a right really, really great car. One that I wish, you know, like all of them, that we could hang on to a little bit longer and take to some events and, yeah. and show off. But uh, yeah. I fully respect the fact that it needed to go home and get some miles on it. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I really like those mid to late 40s and early 50s uh, Fords, especially. Um, my, my father-in-law, Jack, uh, you know, grew up in the fifties. Um, he was born in 43. So in, you know, mid fifties, late fifties, he was, he was a young kid. He was driving. He used to work in a junkyard and he used to be able to scrounge parts for his cars. And he had, I think a 49 Ford, um, back in the day. And when I see these things, it really, it reminds me of him and all the stories he tells me about, about these cars. And he's like, Mike, you know how you tell the difference between like a 49 and a 50? It's the, the, the trunk hinge, uh, the trunk hinges are on the inside on the 50 or something Mm. like that. And and he knows all those details, all of those details. And he he is something else. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed seeing that, that 46 Ford looking through it. It kind of got me a little nostalgic. Well, that's cool, you know, and that that's the whole reason why we do this stuff is, you know, we've talked about it before, but our company's mission statement is connecting people to the best time of their lives through things with wheels. You know, that's that's what we're here for. Right on. And uh, those cars, you know, when I was growing up, you and I are a similar age, you know, they're... 
you'd see him at shows and you'd see him, you know, the, the week weekend cruises here and there, but right. it's not like there was fat fendered forties cars driving around every day. Right. You know? So we didn't, I didn't have, you know, a strong connection with this thing from a nostalgic standpoint. I, I thought it was cool, but it's not like, mm. you know, like you're saying somebody, right. you know, close had one or something, but the more we got into this car, the more I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then of course, driving it, uh, you're sitting in this kind of giant fishbowl, you know, driving this car around. And uh, because of the advanced suspension uh, with the Mustang 2 setup and coilovers all the way around, it drove pretty nice, you know. Uh-huh. And it had good power and ice-cold AC and nice. you know, stereo and everything. So it was something that you could, you know, literally get in and drive cross-country and not worry about. And mm-hmm. and then every time you stopped, you know, you just had people crawling out of the woodwork checking the thing out, which was... Oh, I believe it. Which was really cool, yeah. So we've had a, a bunch of fat fendered cars in the shop recently. Uh, we're in the home stretch on that thirty nine LaSalle ambulance right now. Oh man, that's a project, boy. That, that is a project, <laughs> and uh, it's a great project with a great customer. And this guy knew what he wanted, and um, came. He comes in, and and so he's kind of the opposite. He's a local customer. And we have an open door policy. So whenever anybody wants to come visit their car, they're more than welcome to. Good. And he comes in and, and makes decisions, which is great. Uh, you know, we present, you know, so along the way on that one, we discovered that all the woodwork inside of the door frames and stuff needed to be repaired or replaced. And nobody had really, you know, accounted for that in the very beginning in our first couple conversations. But we said, hey, this is what we got. And he came in and said, hey, let's do this. You know, let's fix it, make it right. And Heck yeah. And he was also instrumental in keeping the, the vision um, to not overdo it. You know, that ambulance was kind of a hand-built thing on the back half, uh, you know, back in the day. So there's pieces of steel that come together that are tacked to wood. And there's tack heads, what? little nail heads that are still there. And, and the ambulance company that built it would join these two panels together and run these nails through it and then put a piece of trim over it. So when it was done, you saw the trim, the belt line trim. Oh, but, wow. But these two skins weren't welded together. They were just oh nailed together. Oh, my gosh. Together. And we immediately were like, yeah, we're going to TIG weld all that together and, and, and you know, metal finish it. Right. And he's like, that's, that's not what we're doing here. He said, I want to restore this one. I want this, to be, I want this to be kind of the nicest one that that company would have ever made. Okay. So All right. we restructured it the exact same way it was back in 39. So it, it oh didn't lose any of its character. Um, and it's very, very original. It still has the, the, the LaSalle flathead, you know, under the hood. And we oh rewired it and added some signal lights and a few things, but they're all period correct. And so. Boy, it really kept its soul. Oh, Totally. And, yeah. and it's funny you mention that because the guys in the shop were pretty convinced that it was haunted. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was a combination oh, yeah. vehicle. It was a hearse ambulance. And it was oh, my goodness. actually commissioned new in Redbud, Illinois, where our shop is. Amazing. Uh, back in 39. So people said, uh, you know, you might have you got a couple rides in this thing. You know, you might have yeah. got a, a ride to the hospital. And right. then a ride somewhere else right, when you were right. done. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Cradle to grave, man. Yeah, that's Cradle it. To yeah, grave. you know. So, 
the the crew affectionately named it uh, Josephine for some reason. And at one point, there was a uh, there was a cross that was made out of a couple of wrenches that was hanging <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> While they were building. It. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's amazing. It was pretty funny, yeah. But uh, it's, is, it's is that a six volt car or is it twelve volt? Uh, we I think we converted it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, uh, because it certainly was originally, and uh, that was one of the discussions that you know what kind of upgrades should we do? And he wants to drive it. Yeah. You know, he wants to use it. All right. So I think we made that improvement. Yeah, I think twelve uh, volts the right thing to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat. It's got acres of red paint now. Um, oh, man. It was two-toned, kind of canary yellow and, and like burgundy when it came in. Is that right? Um, and now it's all red with the big white walls. And it, it looks far more like an ambulance than than a hearse. So, Is, is there going to be any kind of like like maybe like gold leaf uh, engine turn lettering on the side or anything like that? Um, you know what there is? There's uh, in the, the bay windows on the side and back, there is an old... Um, a sign moniker kind of that goes in the windows. Oh, okay. Right. So, you know, if you see like a, a modern hearse, that back side window has the name sure. of the funeral home. Well, right. th- this has a, a name in there too. I think it's an ambulance company or something. Oh, okay. Um, and it's in the glass and I, I haven't seen that yet. He's, he's been holding on to that. So that that's going in, but it would be kind of neat to have that engine turned gold leafing on it. Uh, oh, but I yeah. think this, this predates that. Oh, does it? I think, oh, okay. I, th- I think I think that stuff kind of came in in the maybe in the forties. I'm envisioning it on fire trucks, you know. And right, yeah. So I don't know if it would have been appropriate. I think I saw a picture of one similar that had just some, you know, hand painted uh, name on the side. But um, but this one's going to be neat. So there, we're in the like I said, on the home stretch. It should be done in a couple weeks, hopefully. And uh, that one might. Might be out at the drive-in on display. So, oh wow, yeah, we're just All right. it's just timing because uh, I mentioned before our our partner interior shop it goes there next, and those guys, you know, they got the deadline too. So <laughs> sure, sure, oh yeah. We, we, oh, there's yeah. a hard deadline on this car for an event that he he wants to take it to. So yeah, uh, when I left tonight, uh, Jeff, our painter, and and uh, Brad, uh, another paint body technician, were hard at work wet sanding and buffing the car tonight. So. Is that right? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Manischewitz. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Man, that's going to take him three years to buff all that paint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. It's, uh, My goodness. And it's, you know, the thing is, it's, it's not like it needs, I mean, the paint, the paint surface came out beautiful right out of the gun. Sure. There's a couple little pieces of dust here and there. But for consistency, you got to cut and buff the whole thing. You know, you can't exactly. Just... That that was my point. Not not that it was a shoddy job, but it's just no, no, you got to yeah. make it all consistent. Yeah, yeah. But the bummer is, then you're doing the whole thing, and and that yeah. takes time, especially on something sure. that big. So, yeah. How yeah. long is that car? I think it's got to be like 25 feet long. It's long. Yeah, it, it's big. I haven't measured it, but now that um, I think they're pretty close to getting the front bumper and the rear bumper back on it, and then we'll know the overall length. Sure. But, you know, it's been pretty wild because we're known primarily as a muscle car shop. And mm-hmm. we've had some of these 30s and 40s cars come through. And, and um, it's variety for the crew. You know, everybody likes doing them. Sure. And, and uh, you know, as much as we love 69 Camaros, um, it's fun to work on something else every once in a while. Could not agree more. Could yeah. not agree more. I love, I love having variety. Yeah. So, yeah, right on. That is... 
That is cool. Yeah, I, I was looking at some pictures of that of that ambulance too. I love the paint. It looks just just dynamite, man. Yeah. So the guys did a well tremendous done. job. Yeah. And that's another one. You know, the the quality level was maintained all the way through. You know, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, it, it it shows. So it'd be neat to see that one. I'm actually really excited to. I hope I have the opportunity to drive that one. Oh yeah. It's gonna scare the crap out Shotgun. of me. Shotgun. <laughs> you can go lay down and back. Yeah, I will too, man. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, you know, because that thing, we're, we're also tasked with doing some brake work on it and uh, some mechanical stuff. Uh, when it came in, it was burning the clutch real bad and the, the brakes were kind of messed up. So um, I, I can't imagine what it's like to drive something that big. That uh, car's not an automatic? It's a, No, it's not an automatic. It's a column shift manual. Wow. And the thrill of, you know, driving something like that is that knowing how much work just went into it. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's so, got to just be really daunting, driving something that big. Well, and, and even like that 46 Ford. I mean, I know how long it was in our shop and how much, uh-huh. how much effort was put into making everything super straight. And, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to chip it or scratch it or do anything to it. But right. we always, you know, we're, we're a complete service facility. You know, we don't send right. them home as, as trailer queen objects that don't work. You know, we got to sure. drive them and make sure because that's what it's going to be used for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that you have to kind of separate yourself and say, well, I'm not going to be freaked out about how this thing looks because I really got to pay attention to the brakes feel right, to the steering, you know, uh-huh. does it make any noise? Are we getting hot? Right. You know, watching the gauges and all that stuff. So, right. um, that part is it's thrilling at the end and, <laughs> I bet. And we're fully insured you know for this sure. kind of stuff which is right. important and you know the more i talk to people the more i learn that certain shops aren't so that's a great question really? to ask if you're going to have some work done uh as long as the car is in our care custody and control so uh-huh. while we're working on it if it's in our building and a couple of us are insured to drive them for evaluation purposes um, okay. before or after they're finished uh and not everybody, but a few of our team right. are. Sure. And they've been trained as such, and they have the insurance mm-hmm. document with them when they drive it and all that. So, Very nice. It's a little peace of mind. Um, but uh, By golly, you, man, you run a legit organization. We certainly try. <laughs> I mean, we, we pay for it. <laughs> right on. And insurance gets expensive, I'll tell you right now. I believe it. Yeah. But one that was kind of fun the other day, uh, we sent home that 88 uh, Chevy Monte Carlo SS. Oh, and, yeah. And that was a short visit. It came in, it had a four, a 383 stroker small block and a fast EFI system on it, uh, a built 204R trans and a, uh, a Mosier 12-bolt rear end. And the car wasn't running right. And we had learned that something was up with the fast EFI system. So we sent that back to fast and they, they fixed it and updated it, which was cool. And then we learned that there was uh, a couple of flat lobes uh, on the cam. Oof. And it was taking down the engine. Oof. And we see it over yep. and over again. And these, you know, oh, flat yeah. type of cams. You know, you, you're there. Oh, I lived it, baby. I lived it. Yep. So, uh, oh, man. Ended up getting a, uh, a blueprint uh, crate engine, uh, 400 small block, full roller. Oh, with a, a dyno sheet, the thing made 521 horsepower. 
What? Yeah, out of a 400 small block. Normally the, aspirated. Normally aspirated, yeah. And and then we put the updated, fast, uh, um, easy sportsman system on that, and that car was wonderful. <laughs> it was just so cool. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and uh, luckily, the, the customer was very cool about it, you know, and, and he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't come to us for a new engine. He came for kind of a tune-up. Sure. Things, as we yeah. unveiled things, they, uh, you know, the plan kind of changed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. now he's got a full roller engine. It should last forever. It's uh, warrantied, which is great. That is great. And that was a car that uh, when you and I did our music show, we talked about how a good friend of mine had an 87 Monte Carlo SS. Right. This was its evil twin, except with a lot more power. And it was so much fun. Uh, I got, got <laughs> I to do the evaluation, you know, before we sent it home and drove it around a little bit. And it was like, that just took me straight back. It was like, wow. <laughs> oh, right on. Well, you, when you just had that, um, well, you put out that, um, that V8 radio promo and, uh, yeah. you had that, that, that 80, that was, is that an 87? Well, it, it's the same car and I called it an 87 right. in the promo by accident because my mind was. Stuck sure. Seven, but that oh, was yeah. parts. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Okay. When I was in when I was in high school, uh, a kid I knew, his parents had a little bit of money, and they gave him a brand new eighty-seven Monte Carlo SS. There you go. And uh, I thought that car was the fastest thing on the planet, man. Because I'm used to driving. You know, I had a seventy-four slant six duster for Pete's sake. Yeah, right. And, and this thing just blew everything away. Well, I mean, it was brand new. It was tight. It was yeah. nice. It was no creaks, no rattles, and it handled so well. I couldn't believe how well it handled for, yeah. for that big of a car. They're they were great cars, and and Amazing. so I had the same story. My buddy Mark, uh, he got one in nineteen ninety, so it was three years old, and okay. we spent the whole summer after I graduated high school in that car. And I was driving a 75 Plymouth Scamp with a 225 Slant 6. So you and I Heck were yeah. both in the slow drags. <laughs> and, right. and yes, that Kinder, 305 Kinder HO. Yeah, that, that 305 HO in that Monte Carlo seemed... I mean, it, to me, it wasn't the fastest car in the world because um, I had some friends that had uh, far faster cars. But sure. that thing pegged the fun meter all the way around oh, yeah. it, it had the best stereo out of all of them t-tops mm-hmm. it had great looks and it handled really really well you're right the thing yeah so again that was a a trip instantly right back to the summer of 1990 <laughs> nice <laughs> when, when we did this one uh, the other day so it was cool that is cool yeah. right on man right on and then kind of you know we were talking before about how you know, we build a lot of 69 Camaros. We got some really great news the other day that, uh, speaking of fast and speaking of 69 Camaros, uh, the Good Guys Columbus show is coming up. And that is the event that has uh, the Street Machine of the Year Award. Um, it's a big show. And this year, they're doing something called the Summer of 69, which is a tribute to the 69 Camaro being 50 years old this year. And we're very fortunate to learn that the Comp Cam's Camaro that we restored um, will be on display there, which is Dynamite. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're going to have 130 Camaros on display. It's a big show for Camaros. Holy cow. And, and that's one of them. And then the Lose Change Camaro that we did a few years ago uh, is also going to be on display in the indoor section of that show. Right so, on, man. Yeah, that's we'll a really pretty car. That's a great car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll have two of them there. So... Um, 
it's uh it's a tremendous honor to be included in the summer of 69 display and especially yeah. with two cars you know it's it's yeah. pretty incredible so that's a c- couple feathers in your cap very nice uh yeah and i just i just love the fact that those cars are out there you know and and uh i talked to the guys at comp and they said you know they've had a couple little you know hiccups here and there but overall the car is doing well and the loose change car is doing very well so uh uh, Tyler Dennison, one of our technicians, he did a lot of work on the comp cams car. He's going to be did down he? there hanging out with that one. And then uh, Trevor did kind of the lion's share of the work on the loose change car. So he's going to head out uh-huh. and hang out with that one. So now it, the loose, ch- I'm sorry, go the, ahead. The, lo- the loose change that has, uh, was that have an LSA in it? That's an LSA. Um, it's got a, a, a different cam and valve springs and blower pulleys. Uh, I think at the end of the day, that thing made, a, I don't know, 630 or 640 horsepower, somewhere around there. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great drivability, full Detroit speed suspension and, and uh, you know, great brakes and forge line wheels. And, you know, the whole, the whole book of pro touring is in that car, for sure. <laughs> nice. The whole catalog. Yeah, the custom roll cage and... and yeah. uh, uh, a T56 Magnum six speed uh-huh. that we got through modern driveline. And that's also the car that we made a custom hood for that used the, uh, the ZL one Camaro carbon fiber hood insert. Oh, so right, right, right. Steel hood with that carbon insert molded in. We did a lot of little custom tricks on that. We flattened the uh-huh. hood peak and the, the peak on the filler panel in the front. So the nose is a lot flatter and it looks more modern. You know, of course uh-huh. we cut and tucked all the bumpers uh, the owner, Lou, and his son, um, his son, Dan, is a brilliant designer and actually worked for GM for a while. Um, and he uh, he designed the grill. He designed the whole car, and then we built uh-huh. it. All right. And the grill is a 3D printed adaptation of a, you know, a 69 Camaro grill blended with a, a late model ZL1 grill. And, yeah. And, and they're actually selling those. They're retailing those now. Is that right? That yeah. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, I, I like I like that that car has so many so many subtle differences built into it. It still looks like a '69 Camaro, but a really really nice '69 Camaro. Oh yeah, and and you and you walk up to it and you're like, "What's different about this car?" And you really got to pay attention and see all the different you know custom tricks that you've done to it. And when you see those, you're like, "Holy cow!" You can you can really appreciate all of the effort that went into into it, all the design and all, all the metal work, all the fabrication. Amazing. Yeah. It takes a while to absorb that whole car because there are so many, like you're saying, little things. Um, the rear wing was, was kind of cut down and sucked down to the body and the rear bumper was fitted. And, and mm-hmm. uh, we built this roll cage for it and then put uh, dome lights in the roll cage, you know? Is so, that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you one of the, a project that was far more complicated than you'd imagine was putting sun visors in that thing. Really? Oh, because of the roll cage going across? Right. So yeah. if you put them in the ceiling of the car and the headliner, the they would hit the roll cage. If you mounted them on oh. the roll cage, they didn't do anything. So we had to kind of <laughs> split the difference and make that all work. And and it's got a you know a modern uh, compass mirror with lights in it and everything. And okay. You know, just some some little things, but they all add up to be a big thing. You know, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, boy howdy! 
Yeah. yeah, that's that's. I remember when that car was completed. I was I was really stoked about it. It was a uh, quite an undertaking, quite an accomplishment. So yeah, well, you know, the team again really hit a home run, and it, it went over very well at SEMA. It was in the uh, Toyo Tires Tread Pass display um, with a whole bunch of world class cars, and it uh, it stood out there. <clears throat> and I think what's cool about that car is it's kind of racy looking. It's got a black stripe up the hood right. and also over the roof and then uh-huh. on the deck. And that, that over the roof stripe, I think really, really pulls it together and, and makes it, makes it fun, you know, makes it more of a, more of a race car appearance. Uh, but then when you start to see how nice everything, you're just like, wow, this is, this is really something else. That's really <laughs> special. Yeah. Oh man. The, no the, no the, doubt. The color on that car, everybody thought it's hugger orange, but it's not. It's, um, it's actually a Volkswagen color. Is that right? It's called Mars Red, and it, it was like a 1974 Volkswagen color. And huh. on the can, it's German, and it's called Mars Rot. Oh, God. <laughs> das ist gut, ja. Yeah, Mars Rot. Yes. So that was, yeah, uh, man. Kind of interesting. And then we, we did a charcoal accent on the tail panel, and, and that mm. matches the wheels. And, you know, again, lots of subtle things. So yeah, it was a fun car. Oh, right on, man. Right so on. So uh, we invite everybody to Columbus to go check it out in person along with the uh, the Comp Cams Camaro and um, along with the other 128 super bad Camaros that are going to be on display there because <laughs> there's a lot of them. You're going to be there, right? Uh, Kelly and I are slated to be there right now, but there's a uh-huh. possibility we have to be somewhere else. Okay, I see. So I'm hoping we're there, um, okay. but, but then again – there's all kinds of stuff going on. Like I said, my, our, our summer is really on fire right now right? with, with different events sure. and different things. So we, we might be, we might have to be somewhere else, uh, kind yeah. of in that part of the country, but maybe not there, but we'll see. Dig it. Dig it. Yeah. Well, I know if you are there at good guys, you'll get some really great shots of all those sweet 69 Camaros and share them with the rest of us. Well, Trevor is going to shoot some pictures. Um, okay. He's, he's, he's got quite the eye as well, so he's going to take a lot of pictures and, and maybe shoot some video of everything. And uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a neat show. Right on. Yeah. Right on. That is very cool. And it's, it's cool that, they, that these cars are still prevalent and there's still so much availability to build these cars out there. And you can... I mean, you could still build a 69 Camaro from the ground up 50 years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's not going away. I mean, I think when we look at the auctions and just look at the popularity, and again, I like to use movies as an indicator. You know, as long as the the cool guys and the bad guys are driving muscle cars, you know, they'll be around. Yeah, totally. And the the parts availability is becoming, you know, there's more and more cool stuff. Right now, we're in a weird spot in the world because the U.S. economy is doing very well, and a lot of people are building cars and buying parts, which is great, uh, but it puts us into a, a waiting game a lot of times because things are back-ordered. Yeah. So as we talk to you know new customers and, and get some of these projects going, uh, we find ourselves uh, asking them to uh, get stuff on order long before the car's even at the shop. Is that right? Well, the last thing you want to do is bring a car in and inspect it and then kind of get the plan down and, and then have to wait six weeks for the first part. You that know? makes sense. Yeah. 
So, you know, we're talking about Camaros. I've got a customer, a potential customer in California who, who has a 69 Camaro. Very, very nice car. It's got an LS7 dry sump, um, oh you know, LS-based motor in it and a six-speed and custom paint, all Detroit speed suspension. It's a convertible. Uh, and ooh. he wants to take it to the next level and have us do an LT5 install. Oh, boy. And the LT5 is um, 740 horsepower from the factory, supercharged, direct-injected LT motor. And seeing that Trevor figured out the you know one of the tuning tricks that we talked about in a previous yeah. episode on the lt4 the lt5 actually has a different operating system so we don't think it's going to have that problem but we're okay we're ready if it does and the engine is available uh pretty quickly but some of the other parts don't exist yet you know so a good front drive system is being developed right now oh okay <clears throat> and and some brackets and uh so we're talking to this customer and and you know, he wants to do this car at the end of the summer. He wants to drive it for the summer as it is and mm-hmm. then ship it to us and then get started. And I said, no, it would be really nice if, if I had the engine sitting here right now. Um, yeah. Because he he doesn't, of course, he doesn't want a stock LT5, you know. No. Who wants a stock LT5? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus, man. Come, come what are on. we, barbarians? <laughs> yeah. For Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so no, he wants around a thousand horsepower out of his. All so right. so that means um, why not? Well, you know, if you can, you know. Yeah. So the heads have to come off, and get, and we're going to send them to uh, our friends at Fast Times Motorworks to get the heads ported. The supercharger um, snout is going to get ported to flow more air. Okay. Uh, we might do a cam swap, uh, do a, a overdrive pulley system on it to spin the supercharger okay. a little faster mm-hmm. and then upgrade the injectors and the fuel system to be able to push more fuel through it and then of mm-hmm. course an accompanying tune so and you can't just take an aluminum lt5 crate motor out of the box and throw it in you got to do some detail work on it so we're going to be taking some things apart and painting things okay. and making them nice so it'd be nice to have that engine now to be able to get the heads done and Sure. The intake done and the detail work so that when the car arrives, we can just yank the LS7 out, drop this one in. Bob's your uncle. You're ready to go. Press on. Yeah. Yeah. So that, by the way, was a giant oversimplification. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Just slap it in, slap it out. It's all good to go. Right. Be done by lunch. Yeah. 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 So I was speaking with our friend uh, Casey Wegner at, at Wegner Motorsports. He has an LT5 uh, as of today on his uh, engine dyno and his development department. And he's working on the front drive accessory belt system. Okay. Uh, because in the modern cars, they don't have power steering. So you have to add a power steering pump to it because they're electric oh. steering. Oh, right. You know, stuff like that. Ah, uh, yes. And then he's going to move the, the compressor from being, the AC compressor needs to go up higher on the engine from being down low so that okay. it fits in the subframe and, and all that I kind see. of stuff. So, Oh man, lots of work. Uh, yeah. Decent amount of work. Um, yeah. And this car already, it's kind of a, a purplish dark blue with a silver stripe on it and it stops traffic everywhere it goes. But with the LT5 in it, it's going to be ridiculous, you know? So. Oh, God bless you, aftermarket. Right. So, I mean, it's a great example of what you're talking about. You know, not only do we you have the ability to restore a Camaro completely out of a catalog, but 
there's all this new stuff coming, you know, yeah, that isn't even here yet mm-hmm. for that same car, you know, essentially. Yeah, amazing. I mean, that that really accentuates why organizations like I mean, this isn't a SEMA commercial, but why organizations like SEMA are so important to that to support this aftermarket that we all that we all love and um, keep our industry guys in the industry. <laughs> our industry guys. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> That's right. I know one of them. Yeah. You, you caught that in the promo I saw, too. The uh... Oh, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, and there's there's all kinds of stuff coming. And, and the only thing that's got everybody kind of spooked right now is the next generation of, of engine management is going to be cloud-based. And I think we touched on this in the past. Right. Well, yeah, with the new Corvette. Right. It's yeah. a great example. So there are guys that can't tune those cars because you, you put a, a calibration in it and you wake up the next morning and it's reverted back to yeah. stock. Yeah. Um, so I, what I think is the the aftermarket engine management program is going to become more robust to be able to work on these cars. So like Holly, mm-hmm. for example, I know they're already developing their direct injection program for their Terminator series and Dominator cool. series EFI systems mm-hmm. to accommodate that kind of stuff because, you know, the the engine hardware is so awesome. You know, it's a, it's a oh, yeah. sin not to be able to transplant it into a different car. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. It, it begs for it. I mean, all the way from the first Chevy small block till now, it yeah. begs to be in a different chassis. Yep, totally. That's yep. uh, the essence of hot rodding. And when you can make, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand horsepower and still have somebody you can turn the key and drive everywhere and, you know, get economy out of it too. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind bending. And then to put that in a 69 Camaro or a 63 Riv or a mm-hmm. 67 GTO. Well, you can't put them in the GTOs. The people get mad. You no, know. you may not. <laughs> you may not, sir. <laughs> Let me start a little uh, little bit of uh, a comment fury the other day when we shared the picture of that 79 Trans Am with the LS3 that we did. Oh, it had, yeah. It got a little backlash saying, should have left it alone. And and I was yeah, telling people know. that was an Oldsmobile powered car. It was an Olds 403. It it, uh-huh. it was not a Pontiac powered yeah, car to start. Never with. had a Pontiac in it. So let it go. Mm-hmm. We more than doubled the power in every metric you can imagine, and doubled the fuel economy. Uh, amazing. <laughs> I mean, you you couldn't the the the, the LT5 as a, as a great example. You couldn't build a streetable engine like that. Uh, that that would run that would start up not overheat not chug in traffic you couldn't do that no 25 years ago just you couldn't, couldn't, you couldn't do it 20 years ago yeah, yeah. And it just didn't happen it's amazing the, the the range that these that that these engines can handle from you know economy power daily drivability everything it, it's amazing unreal yeah and the great thing is um if you if you have certain cars and kind of sticking with that LS platform, mm-hmm. uh, Holly in particular has been leading the charge, and BRP Hot Rods is another one that has been leading the charge on doing um, stem to stern swap kits. So right. from from BRP you can get engine mounts, 
headers, transmission mount, uh, a front accessory drive, um, exhaust, you know, basically all in one box to do an LS swap and a whole bunch of different cars. That's and, crazy. And Holly's doing the same thing where their front drive systems, they've got one that's really cool. It's a mid-mount and it, it doesn't really have any brackets. It's essentially a new water pump <clears throat> and everything bolts right to the water pump. Holy uh, cow. Yeah, and it holds the alternator and the steering pump off to the sides, and then you've got your com- AC compressor. Anyway, you can get that front drive and the engine brackets and the headers and the transcross member and an exhaust kit um, all in one box. And then and, and they send a, a radiator with it and, and electric fans plus their EFI system. Uh, they, they now have come out with a Terminator X, it's called, which is a, an LS kind of specific EFI system that runs not only the engine, but also controls all the automatic electronic transmissions. Oh, wow. Um, which you used to have to step up and go to a dominator, which was the, you know, kind of the, the high level. This sure. one is not, not as expensive as a dominator, but has that same functionality in it. So now when people call and they're like, Hey, uh, I want to do a, and, and, and those swap kits are now for Chevelle's for, I think they've got them for C10 pickups. They got them for the Camaro Firebird F bodies. Um, and then there's some kind of, there's a new term, by the way, it, it used to be universal, right? <laughs> yeah. And of course we used to joke that universal means it doesn't fit anything in the universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the term universal has gone away. Now it's called a builder's kit. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so you'll see exhaust systems that are a builder's kit, which means it's not really designed to fit anything, but you can probably make it work, you know? Right. Oh, good heavens. Uh, which, I mean, that's a much better term if you think about it. It is. It's, uh, it's a bit more accurate. Yeah. So So there's all these things, you know, to, to, to transplant all this stuff and, and, some people complain because they're like, you know, you're, you're, you're hot riding out of a catalog, you know, you're buying parts and just bolting them on and, and whatever. Right. And it, what I say to that is, look, it's our mission to get you going down the road in your car as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Right. And if, yeah. you know, these parts get you there, then everybody wins. Uh-huh. We can certainly make absolutely everything. You know, if, if you want to, custom-made trans cross member that looks like no other or uh you know any any aspect of this to be purely tailored to what you want we can do it all right it's it's going to cost more right oh yeah <laughs> you know but it's going to be cool so mm-hmm. there's the option you know you can do the full-on custom-made hot rotted thing or maybe get the fundamentals out of a off the shelf and bolt them mm-hmm. in and, and rock and roll that way so sure but to have all those options is it's pretty cool. It, it is really cool. I mean, my God, you can get a whole turnkey chassis. Uh, if you want a, you know, a G machine, you can, you yeah. know, call your, call your buddy Jeff Schwartz and, and buy a chassis. Yep. And it's going to, you know, handle like, handle, put whatever you put on, it's going to handle like, like it's on rails. Yep. So that's crazy. It, and, you know, you used to have to, you know, fabricate frame stiffeners, box your frame, um, put all kinds of extra things on there that may may or may not work, but it's certainly going to weigh that frame down quite a bit. Um, and now, it, I think it's a miracle that you can buy that stuff out of the catalog. Well, I think it's funny, to your point before, if you thought back to 1967 uh-huh. and you're, uh, 
your John DeLorean and your Jim Wagner's and you're you're talking about the GTO and you're in Pontiac corporate offices and you're thinking, uh-huh. okay, so the 67 car, what are we doing differently? Well, it's kind of a carryover from 66. I might change the taillights up a little bit. We've got a brand mm-hmm. new one coming for 68. So let's just get this one done and then we'll move on to 68 and the 67 chapters closed and move on. But that's not what happened. We're still building them today. Yeah. 52 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I know. It's nuts. Who would have thought? And, and some of these you can get whole bodies for now too. Yeah, right. Just I unreal. Mean, I can't imagine being a, in a business where it's like, okay, today I'm going to develop this product and you know, whatever, for sake of conversation, I'll call it a toaster. Uh-huh. Our toaster, it's revolutionary. It's great toaster. Yeah. Okay. That toaster has such a following that a half a century later, people are making reproduction versions of that toaster because <laughs> they like it so much. You know what? It doesn't make any sense. It makes great toast, man. <laughs> yeah, hey. But it's cool. And that's, that's kind of what's, you know what the, the deal is so the great thing is it's there's always more and more and and uh it keeps going and and these cars always make people happy you know i think that's the they bottom do. line they really really do man if you have a personal yeah. connection or not you know people just dig them yeah i mean they're so unique looking they're especially compared to anything that's modern on the road today you know these older cars really really stand out yep so so we have a few uh, interesting prospects on the horizon. Talked to a guy today about doing an AMX, 69 AMC AMX 390 car. It's a very nice car, and um, yeah. but it's it's not it's not right. It's got it was converted to a race car for a while, so kind of the dash okay. has been you know Topped changed up a to little bit. yeah to race gauges, mm-hmm. and and he wants to make it uh, a correct car again. So okay. Um, he wants us to completely restore the car uh, back to original, and there's there's enough things that have been changed to warrant a total restoration. Okay. Oh you man. Know? Yeah. So not too many AMXs flowing through there, is there? No. In and, general. And, and that's one that kind of goes against everything we've been saying because that's going to be restoring original parts. You know, yeah. there's not a whole lot available to you know. You can't just pluck a new AMX off the off the right. shelf, but. Uh, uh, but that's, you know, that's what keeps it interesting where we are, because some of this stuff like that 39 ambulance and an AMX mm-hmm. and it juxtaposed to a, an, right. an all new Camaro or Mustang or whatever, you know? Yeah. You got to pivot now and again. That's it. Keeps everybody on their toes. And you're right. You know, organizations like SEMA really help that stuff along. And uh, I have a, I don't know what the, the, what the day number is, but I have a countdown timer on my desk to uh, the kickoff of. Is that right? SEMA 2019, yeah. I'm excited. You should be. It's always a fun time. I had a great time last year. Yes. Well, hopefully you can do it again. Oh. I hope I can. Did you put in for that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. You're you're an industry guy, you know. I understand that, but we didn't really really say if if you want me back or not. Well, if you get the time, I I think you should go. All right. We'll, we'll, We'll make that happen. All right. I'll see what I can do. Right on. All right. Well, I know that everybody is uh, jumping out of their skin to know the answer to our trivia questions. <laughs> I, I can feel it. 
I think they're jumping out of the window. They're <laughs> yeah. jumping to a different podcast. <laughs> well, they did that about 56 minutes ago. Where the hell is car talk again? <laughs> yeah, right. oh, damn yeah. it. Number one, by the way. Those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are number one. <laughs> That's great. All right. So, answer to our trivia question. Kevin, I asked you just the most rottenest question I could probably find. And that was what year saw the last year of production of the steam powered car. Yeah. Right. What the heck was that all about, by the way? Well, I, you know what? I really got to, I, I've been seeing, like I said, a lot of Teslas on the road lately, a lot of Teslas lately. And it got me to thinking of alternative fuels, you know, like compressed uh, hydrogen and, you know, uh, compressed natural gas and things like that. And I started thinking about steam cars. I'm like, I wonder when should be thinking steam, about steam n- went n- out n- of fever. Should be thinking about nitromethane as an alternative fuel. I mean, that's yeah, that's what I think of. You know, yeah, hy- hydrazine, yeah. you know. Well, that's that's the yin and yang of, of, of our personality. <laughs> that's why this thing works so great, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, there goes more of them jumping right to that other show. <laughs> so, all right, uh, what did I say? Nineteen fourteen. Nineteen fourteen, and I, I gave you a ten um, years, a ten year buffer, and it was nineteen twenty four to twenty five is when the last steam car was. So you just Oh man you just made it by the hair of your chinny chin chin, my man. I made it through that was from the endurance uh car company. Endurance the last one. And there was another company, the Doble 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 steam car. They used they were retrofitting cars up Mm. until nineteen thirty. Oh wow. And then and then they stopped. Yeah. Made it by the, uh, the the vapor of my steam over there. You know, oh, yeah. it'd be interesting because you know technically, if you could do a little a little Mister Mister Fusion, um, you could make a lot of steam on a car yeah. and, and do it today. You know? Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah. It would heat up that boiler quick. <laughs> 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 well, an interesting project that we've got coming down the pike is actually going to be doing an electric VW bus. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a teaser for our next episode, perhaps. We uh, we are talking about that car <laughs> next time. And you're thinking, the next why didn't you say that almost an Electrified hour episode of V8 Radio. Oh, man, look <laughs> at this guy. He's off to the races. Uh, okay, so my question to you was, what did Chevrolet Advance Design refer to? And yeah. you responded with uh, advanced design allowed cars to have no B pillar or a pillarless design. Yeah, which is pretty good. Pretty good stab at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the patient lived. <laughs> he didn't kill yes, it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, the reality is that advanced design was the name of the uh, pickup truck series designed by Chevrolet between 1947 and 1955. Really? Those are known as the advanced design pickup trucks, yeah, and, and small trucks, suburbans and whatnot. So it was no right way. after World War II, and they came out with that nice, sleek-looking, like Kelly's 54 Chevy yeah, truck yeah. Is, the, is the last, basically the last year for the advanced design with the one-piece windshield. Um, and then in 1955, they were uh, redesigned, and called uh-huh. the uh, the second half of '55, they were called the Task Force trucks. Is that so? Yeah, they they went from 
advanced to, to being more of a working vehicle, so they call them the task force. So, oh, What do you know? Yeah. Well, you... interestingly, this came into my mind because you were talking about Tesla before, and I saw something recently on the Tesla pickup truck. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah, and they're gunning for the F-150 and for the mm-hmm. Silverado with this electric and, and composite, I guess, plastic, you know. Mm-hmm. pickup truck and i thought that's a pretty pretty advanced design for a truck and then i went ha that ain't new <laughs> <laughs> the advanced design was 1947 to 55 yeah that's great that's that's really great so uh, I, I love how your mind works uh. <laughs> yeah they it wasn't the pillarless design after all but no is what it is so yeah but i'll admit yeah. i got lucky this time i I think you're gonna nail it too. Well, Twenty-four. That's 18, a lot longer 24, than a lot later than I thought. Yeah, I guess after the electric starter came into vogue, um, steam started steadily declining. So it wasn't gasoline; it was the electric starter. Correct. Correct. See, I was wrong there. It's all right. Hmm. Still got the damn question right, though. Well, only because of your <laughs> generosity of ten years, yeah. you know. Well, because I I knew what a what a jag off question. That was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. For giving me the, the jag off allowance this week. <laughs> <laughs> I had another question on on tap, but I'm like, I can't I can't ask that. It's just what was it? Be just, what's the shortest? We were talking about the longest what? interstate highway. I was yeah, going to yeah. ask you what the shortest one was. Well, it's got to be interstate, so like across Maine or something. 86 miles or some crap? It's uh, actually I-95 through D.C. It's .11 miles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something else. Yeah, I guess yeah. interstate. D.C.'s... Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, because I... Yeah, you're welcome. At least really I gave you something that you could, you, could, <laughs> yeah. you could hit. Take the hint. I yeah. gave you something you could make. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, very nice. Well, this was fun, as always. I uh, appreciate the time. Likewise. And, uh, it's great. We encourage you to uh, subscribe to this nonsense if you're into this kind of thing. If you hung with it this long, you know, the least you can do is sign up to hear more of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear more? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on TuneIn Radio, on Stitcher. Where else? Uh, uh, any, any. Chaser. Podchaser, yeah, yeah, we're doing good on Podchaser. Mm-hmm. Of course, our Facebook page and our v8radio.com website. Uh, anywhere you want to hear podcasts, you can probably find us as much as they try to shoo us off. We keep coming back. <laughs> we're like cockroaches. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And um, we appreciate everybody for tuning in and uh, and listening. And uh, Q, as always, it was a good time. Likewise, it was a great time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, thank you. And we will chat with you next time on VA Radio. <laughs>